please be seated. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Getting my big sister to the airport in time to catch the Emirates flight to Dubai and then on to Brisbane was no small achievement. Involved locking up two houses, hers and my mother's, getting my old mum into respite care so that my sister could relax while she was in Australia, and to make sure we'd left enough time in case we got caught in a roadblock on the motorway. All very tense. But she went. She got there. The flight took off. It went very well. She was meeting her daughter and her grandchildren for the first time in two years. Very special. My niece had emigrated to Australia, and I have to confess, I struggled hard with that. Headed out for a a new life in a country far away. Who does that? Most of us, I think, here. But how could she leave the wonderful land of Bonnie, Scotland, for Australia? A place where giant spiders stalk the land, killer sharks lurk in the lagoons, and dangerous dingo dogs roam the beaches. Or so I've heard, but not from the Australia Travel Tourist Board. How could she leave the great city of Glasgow, a land flowing with milk and honey, and choose to become an exile? But choose she did. Her choice. But of course, at least she had a choice. Maybe one day she'll come home. The first time she hears a pipe band playing Highland Cathedral and the tears are streaming down her face. Or when Dougie McLean's brilliant song full of ache and aspiration winkles its way into her emotions. Ah, but let me tell you that I love you and I think about you all the time. Caledonia, you're calling me. And now I'm going home. If I should become a stranger, you know it would make me more than sad. Caledonia's been everything. I ever had. Well, she made her choice. She had a choice. Not so the people of Israel. They were uprooted by conflict and conquest and carried off grudging, feet dragging in the sand, hearts heavy with unbearable loss to Babylon, an alien culture far from home, far from familiar things, with a terrible anguish in the soul. They call that dark time in Jewish history the exile, with a capital E. And there they were, longing for their homeland. Well, at least they had a home to long for. There are reckoned to be well over 60 million people who are refugees at this moment, through the effects of civil war, terror, hunger, danger. Their pain, their loss, their longing is on our news bulletins every day. And they sometimes risk everything to find a place. Just ordinary people who, because of occupation, political impotence, find themselves homeless. It used to be hundreds of thousands doomed to eke out their lives in refugee camps. Now it's millions. Their eyes and their hearts far away, somewhere else, somewhere they used to call their home. 
Now, because they know what it feels like, that anguish is powerfully expressed by the poets of Israel, a nation that itself knows only too well the pain of exile, the shame and the emptiness that comes from being rootless, rootless, homeless. We read in the Lamentations of Jeremiah, the thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall, exile, dislocation, no right of return, no hope of going back. It's a sad irony that this should be the sticking point in the Middle East settlement talks whenever they take place between Israel and the Palestinians. One nation that has known all the pain, all the shame and indignity of being a homeless people determined to make sure another people, the Palestinians, remain a homeless people indefinitely. Those who would broker a settlement will have their work cut out somehow accommodating the immovable object of Israeli intransigence and the irresistible force of Palestinian aspiration for a homeland. But the poets and prophets of the Old Testament make it clear with a vivid sense of tragedy that this is exactly how it was for them. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down and wept. We wept for Zion. We hung our harps on the willows, for how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And it's powerful and poignant language that somehow describes what it is for those with no stake in our common society, who feel cut adrift on a sea of alienation in a kind of urban desert that's not their home. The songwriter Ralph McTell writes that famous lament. Have you seen the old girl who walks the streets of London, dirt in her hair and are clothed in rags? She's no time for talking, just keeps on walking, carrying her home in two carrier bags. And to that you could add, and have you seen the young man sitting outside the bank with his scraggy dog and his tombstone eyes? Or the hatchet-faced youngster? running wild through the streets of some jerry-built housing estate who feels no obligation, no belonging. Or the broken-spirited refugee, the economic migrant far from home. He cares for no one, it seems, and no one cares for him, for sure. This world is not his home. It's just a place, and it's always someone else's place. The effect of that alienation... It's shattering. It takes its emotional and spiritual toll, the shocking statistics that speak of a, a widespread dis-ease, an epidemic of unhappiness. There are people living with a sense of isolation and distance who do not find themselves in a happy place in their story. They live out there on the margins, disappointed, and sometimes capable of doing dark things. We are really sheltered in our life here, in our safe havens. And we wonder, why do these people take all these drugs and turn to violence and crime and join a gang? And we find it hard to understand. But the experts tell us it's got a lot to do with the feeling that you are living an aimless, hopeless, disconnected life with no sense of belonging, no feeling that this place 
whichever place that is, London, Lausanne, Geneva, Glasgow. No feeling that this place is your place. So it shouldn't surprise us that the most serious and constant and incorrigible drug abuse and the crime that sustains it and the gangs that run wild, it's all found among the poorest, the worst house, the most hopeless of people, trapped and exiled and banished to some hinterland of having nothing. A lousy, miserable, futureless existence. And that's made bearable for them by the drugs and the false camaraderie of the gangs they belong to. Now, people who tell us this story don't want us to approve of what's happening. They just want us to recognize this might be why it's happening. And people are hurt and hurting. And they lose faith in themselves and our common life, the future, has nothing to do with them. Their souls are bowed down Just like the prophet says in Lamentations, my soul continually thinks of this and is bowed down within me. What a terrible place to be. Bleak upon bleak, grim upon grim. Is this my life? Is this as good as it gets? A glimmer of light appears in the poet's mind. The song takes on a different note. There's something new entered the equation. Something different that shifts the balance he says but I call this to mind I call this to mind and therefore I have hope I wonder what it can be trouble is most people are too busy to recall anything or maybe too proud to listen for that word but when it comes it's a marvellous discovery When the penny drops, when you hear this truth, it maybe does make a difference. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Sometimes that feels easier to believe than at other times. Sometimes we're too self-absorbed to see our blessings. We, we happily give God the blame for everything, but never the credit. We can go around with our eyes wide shut, fail to see the beauty. But of course, you're right, you're right. It's not always easy to be bright and breezy when the going gets tough. It's not easy to embrace the spirit of joy and gratitude and hope in God, but the mercies persist even when the darkness of pain and loss or failure or mistakes seem to cloud them. Different blessings from before, and you'll know this in your story. You'll have found in your story the blessing of the love of people around us who gather with solidarity and compassion and hold us Or the surprising grace of a stranger's kindness when we didn't expect it. Or the prayers of God's people when all our prayers have dried up and we've got nothing to say and they just bounce off the ceiling. All around us people are holding us in their prayers. When our prayers have turned to ashes on our lips. The encouragement and truth of the Bible stays there. Reminds us of of the things that we've forgotten in our gloom or in the white heat of our crisis. The word is there, it doesn't change. 
and the sound of singing when we haven't the heart left to sing people around us who've been through their own dark valleys they know what they're talking about this isn't just kid on stuff they, they know and still they sing the poet says the Lord is my portion says my soul and I will hope in him the Lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul that seeks him it is good that we should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord Too often we, we don't bother with that. We, we cut ourselves off from the strengthening and the uplifting that's there. We struggle on in our own or we, we read the advice columns in the Sunday newspaper. We forget to take the time to let the word of God and the spirit of God seep into our soul. Waiting quietly on God. And this is no straw-clutching, last gasp, fingers crossed, lucky charm, holding, hoping against hope for the best. But the strong assurance in the God we lean on and believe in and trust with our tomorrows. Assured in our heart by him that there's nowhere we can go. That he's not there first. There's no place where we fall outside the reach of his grace because we've been so bad or so mistaken or so anything. There's no place where we fall outside the reach of his grace. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, for I'm convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In a moment we come to communion and gather around the table of the Lord. This is not the table of any denomination or congregation. It is his table and he invites us to meet with him there. We sing our hymn number 668, 668, according to thy gracious word. <clears throat> 